Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And tonight, our favorite show is WrestleMania 34. In addition to which, we will also be talking about the Hall of Fame, WWE 2018, and NXT New Orleans. Nolens, if you will. And I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge. And I've got a panel of guests tonight, wrestling enthusiasts. We haven't had this first one on our show in quite a long time. He likes to come along to talk about the Fuller House. Tonight, he's going to talk a little wrestling. Because as he likes to remind everybody, Lex Luger ain't no cowboy. Ladies and gentlemen, he's not Bruce Pritchard, but he's got a few impressions in his own, of his own that he likes to share with you. He's the punchy pugilist, and you can find him on sun, some Sundays on the 401 Ground and Pound Radio Show. Our good friend of the family, Mr. Pat Mullen. How do you do, sir? Well, you know, it's it's like you take the chicken and you cut up the grapes and then the walnuts and you put it on in. And well, what you know? <laughs> Indeed. How you do? How's it going, Pat? It's going excellent. Uh, another WrestleMania is in the books. Another WrestleMania weekend is in the books. A lot went on. A lot to talk about. A lot of a lot of ups. A lot of downs. A lot of hills. Lots of valleys. Uh, going down that lonesome highway, you know, traveling, traversing through the space and the stars. Reincarnation doesn't have to be a thing, yeah. <laughs> Very good, <laughs> sir. All right, and uh, in the second chair tonight, he's the host of the Screaming Boy podcast. Uh, someday he'll get up a show about Toys R Us that we were all on. Probably when it's uh, reopened under the name KB Toys. Ladies and gentlemen, our good friend of the show, Ronnie Adams. How do you do, sir? Am I allowed to talk now? (laughs) Certainly, sir. Who would stop you from talking? (laughs) Well, um, sometimes I don't feel like talking when you talk about that stupid Toys R Us show. (laughs) I don't know what show you're talking about. It hasn't gone up yet. 
That was a great show. It, was. <laughs> it really was. Pat, I don't need. I, I really don't need you in on this. Um. <laughs> How are you tonight, my friend? I'm. I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Um, excited to talk some WrestleMania. Yeah, um, oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it's not something we we do a whole lot of on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network. We. Uh, no. Before before the move to BTR, we we fought, we farmed that out to Sean Garmer's Wrestling to the Max podcast. But you know mm-hmm. what? We had the week open. There weren't there wasn't a movie. I mean, sure we could have reviewed a Quiet Place, but who likes horror movies really? So uh, right. <laughs> exactly. And Mark, Plugs. go Mark, sir. Plugs go. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Quiet Place. <laughs> I tell you what. John John Krasinski is a fine man. He he did an excellent job. I like the. I don't uh, mean like I don't mean like fine man. I mean like I'm you know, I'm sure he's good looking, but I mean he's just he's a good man. I didn't know he was in that movie, and now I'm not going to see it because he's in it. I don't know, Dude, I he wrote and he wrote the screenplay and directed it. I like also, the fa- I, no use. I like the fan art of him as Mister Fantastic and her, and Emily Blunt as. Uh, as the invisible girl, but well, you know, we'll see if that actually happens. Fan, fans tend to get out of hand. Speaking of an out of hand fan, ladies and gentlemen, he's the master of ceremonies on the Source Material podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, he's also our third chair on the Metal Hammer of Doom. Good friend of the show, Mister Jesse Starcher. How do you do, sir? Well, I am doing quite well. I'm glad WrestleMania finally decided to end about 10 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> and and we all get the opportunity to get on here and talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Look forward to it. Let's I get fell into asleep the... and woke up. It was still on. <laughs> you know, it's it was one of the first shows in a long time that I only fell asleep once. But, um, all right, let's get into it. I want to quick just talk about the Hall of Fame. Not every minute by minute, beat by beat. Not all of us saw the whole thing or any of it for that matter. But I, uh, you know, the Hall of Fames in the past have been have been interesting. There's definitely been some speeches that felt like they went as long as last night's as Sunday night's WrestleMania. Jesus Christ! Some of those speeches, the most famous one being Mr. T's "My Mama," check 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 check, and that went on forever. Um, but you know, like I said, there are definitely ones that just felt like they just droned on and on and on. I thought the Hall of Fame speeches this year were. Like, the only one that felt like it just went on forever was the Dudley Boys, but at least they broke it up with some bits. You know, they put the one yeah. guy through a table. They they kind of jo- uh, jostled each other back and forth. Um, Pat, you said you watched the Hall of Fame. What did you think of the Dudley Boys speech? Um, You know, it went on for a little while longer than it probably should have. Uh, the table bit was funny, and it was nice to have you know the bookend with them, Edge and Christian, and the Hardy Boys all on stage together. So, somebody mentioned if you know it has to be weird seeing Matt Hardy shake Edge's hand, but I would imagine with him have, being married and having a kid, he's gotten over the Lita thing, you know. And I, <laughs> I'm and, sure they're both well, okay with it now. Yeah, yeah, they're they're that's that's no longer a pre-existing condition. Yeah, they probably went. Dodged that bullet, didn't we? <laughs> um, my favorite speech of the night actually was Ivory's. Um, no. I, I, because you know she took her speech and she did something really creative with it. She, she sort of acknowledged the fact that she's a um, a spinster, essentially, and she's like, "But I'm married to the wrestling business." And she did this whole marriage um, marriage type speech 
where you know at the end of it she was married you know married to the hall of fame or whatever uh my wife and i thought it was cute and creative what did you uh pat what did you think of ivory speech I liked it sh- solely because it was different. She came up with uh, an original shtick for it that not only was entertaining, but really probably was a good indicator of her true feelings about everything. So I I appreciated it. Uh, Ronnie, did you get did you get to see any of that at all? Yeah, I, I'll watch most of, the, if not all of the speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a deal. Um, it was like I have a new respect for Ivory. Um, after finding out she got her start in Glow, mm-hmm. I did not realize that. Yeah, I found that um, out actually a year or so ago. When I think when I found when mm-hmm. when when I had heard that they were pitching a new Netflix show, I can't remember where I saw it. it might have been an actually, you know what? It was in the um, the Glow documentary that was on documentary. Netflix. Yep. Where, yeah, where they they talked about how Ivory was one of the original Glow girls. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it, and I didn't realize she wasn't married. I mean. Um, so it wasn't really sad, uh, but it was kind of like one of those things like, oh, man, maybe you'll maybe you'll find someone someday or something. I don't know. Kind of a deal. I mean, like, I understand being married to the business and I understand, that, you know, but it's just I feel like it's hard to fathom feel, a, a yeah. beautiful lady like that going without. She's still gorgeous, man. Yeah. yeah. She's an all time top five uh, rear end on my list of uh, <laughs> Let me, say, let me say this about Ivory. You know, you look at, like, Major Guns or, uh, you know, some of the other, like, really chesty uh, women that, that have been in wrestling. Ivory, and, and I don't mean this as, like, an insult, but Ivory, I thought her best look was when she was covered up in the... Um, yeah. Oh, shit, the right, the right to censor. And I was telling my yeah. wife that. Like, Mark, Mark drops his first uh, four-letter word of the night. It's my podcast. I'll curse if I want. Um, but... Keep down, everybody. Every time Mark curses, you drink. Go <laughs> <laughs> and then have an ambulance and stand by. Um... people to die? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you, anyone takes a drink every time I curse, have a paramedic on hand. Bla- blaspheming also counts as three of us on this show are practicing Christians. That's another one. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Ivory's right to censor look. I thought she was like, th- that was like the hottest look she had, in my opinion. Well, the thing about it is, is I feel like with Ivory, the business took more from her than it gave her. Because I don't think she has the respect that she deserves. But maybe now a little more because she's part of the uh, the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, she would have been somebody who fits in much better today than in the era she was a part of. Because, because she actually had wrestling talent? Absolutely. Because she was mm-hmm. a very, very capable in-ring performer in an era of, you know, TNA. And not yeah. that she didn't have that, but you're competing in the TNA category with people like Trish Stratus and, you know, Terry Runnels. It's pretty right. tough to get noticed. Now, that Trish, got, that, that, Trish got better in the, in the ring. Yeah. Not, not um, saying... Yeah, not yeah. saying that she didn't, but okay, let's let's say like because Ivory came in early '99, the Trish cat came in late '99. That, but that's what I'm saying. Trish didn't really become competent in the ring. We'll say till like '02. Yeah. So you know there was a period of time where Trish was just TNA and she was yeah. yeah I'm at it. It was drop top titty time. <laughs> Shout out. But there was there was Miss you know Miss Kitty. Um, I was gonna say it, it was I mean, a the list goes on. It was a mixed bag in the Attitude Era yeah. for women because it because it started off. I mean, you got to remember, 
the, the WWE, and we're not going to spend too long talking about this, but the, the, the WWE started off with the women as just side pieces. And, let, and, let's, and the ultimate like, side piece of all, you had Sonny, who was not a worker, um, you know, but she was a valet yeah, and a manager true. and all of that. Uh, oh, but, she's a worker. <laughs> she's a worker, all right. Um, but and then, like, it, it's like if you could just... I think there were, like, three categories of women summed up by each by these three women throughout the entire Attitude Era going into, you know, the end of the Attitude Era, which I guess some would call the uh, ruthless aggression, you know, the shitty era. Um, but you had the Sunnies, you had the Sables, and you had the Chinas. You know, you mm. had the women who were just pieces of asses. You had the women who were... Um, they could, you know, they were competent in the wrestling industry, but they weren't workers per se. And then you had the ones that didn't necessarily have a great look, but could actually work. Um, and that's the thing is, Ivory, Ivory kind of fit into that mixed bag. But I think, but I think you guys are right. She would have done much better now, where yeah, you know, where work is is elevated above, I think, everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat, you want to? I don't know if you have a different opinion on that. You want to weigh in real quick? No, I think it's accurate. I, th- I think, again, she was a very good in-ring performer in a time period where that was limited in terms of availability and not the essential factor of what highlighted women on television at that point. Versus now, the athleticism is put first and foremost. The sex appeal is now a, sec- a distant second to it. Right. I, I can't imagine a uh, Ivory in her heyday, you know, as, as good of a worker as she was, Going against Charlotte or or um, Ruby Riot or any of these people that that have that talent, and it just it makes me sad that that she was in that era of you know women having were treated carry, as having to carry Miss Kitty and Stacy Keebler and yeah a, or, or wrestling in a in a uh, a swimming pool full of mud or whatever and not even wrestling just grabbing each other's hair and swinging around for a minute you know I think and, about. Uh, I think about like the first hell in the cell, and it was like what was it, Charlotte and Sasha, you know, yeah, and you know things like that. And I'm like, yeah, Ivory would have fitted in any one of those first that we've seen out of the Women's Revolution era wrestlers. Yeah, uh, Jesse, a quick fifty words or less. Ivory, anything? Uh, I'm glad she made it to the Hall of Fame. Well deserved. I. Yeah. It's funny you guys were talking about this because I just watched. Well, I'm halfway through the Divas portion of the Monday Night War, and of course. It, there was the great dichotomy of where uh, WCW was putting on, a, uh, bringing a bunch of women, and you know they, they started out as side pieces as well. Uh, but you know it seemed like McMahon had to make a decision after Alundra Blaze or uh, oh now I can't even remember her WCW Medusa Medusa. Uh, Medusa Medusa showed up on TV with the with the belt and trashed it. So they had to make a a definite decision at that point. Uh, McMahon said, okay, I'm not going to have women's wrestling for quite a while. And that would have been, if things would have went differently there, Ivory would have fit in great, uh, mm-hmm. probably. Or at least we could be looking at a women's division that's like maybe two or three years ahead of its time right now uh, if she, if if things would have been different there. But regardless, I, uh, I'm i glad she's in there. For, so, um, Okay. Moving on from Ivory, my only one last point on the Hall of Fame, and then I'm going to kick it to you guys if you have any final remarks. Is, <coughs> does anyone think Goldberg wasn't full of shit? I mean, no. Uh, I think he was. I think he was uh, sincere. 
I don't. I mean, I think he was sincere, and I came back because my kid never saw me wrestle. That's actually fairly common. Okay, you know, hold the, on, hold on. Explain, please. I have to. Yeah. I have to. I want to know what you guys are talking about since I missed the Hall of Flame. Uh, Hall, me, Hall of Flame. Me, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> let me give some Someone context. Set the entire place on fire. It is stupid entrance. Um, I'm sorry, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Goldberg walks out amidst a bunch of sparkles and set the place on fire. Um, <laughs> But somehow he just came out breathing smoke, and he was fine. I don't know what happened there. Maybe a little, Unbelievable. Little cut He's a legit his, legend. A little cut in his forehead from when he punched himself. Look, I love Goldberg. Don't get me wrong. But um, Goldberg is that is – that, is, let's call it the ultimate warrior class of wrestlers who fucking hate the business and are, and are there. It's a, it's, it's a job. They, you know, they show up on set. They say their lines. They they do their actions and then they go back to the dressing room until they're needed again. They, they're you mean not Brock. Well, I was gonna say Brock's part of that 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 type of wrestler. You know, I said the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, maybe Pat can name a, a few more. But you know, ultimately, there's there's just this small group of guys that never bought into wrestling as a lifestyle. Wrestling is a cult. Wrestling is a religion. Wrestling is a lifestyle. They are very much wrestling as a job. And I and and they've and those guys have always kind of run afoul of the ones that have adopted wrestling as a way of life. Some have dealt with it better than others, but they they all kind of walk. I mean, like Brock, I think has been the most successful. Um, but that also might just be you know the, the time and place that that he. I would say that he exists. The most successful in. has been Sting. You don't okay? I didn't know that Sting didn't really buy into it. Yeah, Sting. Uh, not until much, much later on, like, like probably like ten years ago. Well, Sting wasn't an Ultimate Warrior type because he wrestled with the Ultimate Warrior. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, warriors. They tag, everybody, yeah, they tagged together. For, every, for everybody who says like, "Oh, Sting," you know, he he eventually got it and blah blah blah. There's people like Gary Hart who like were like, "I don't have a lot of respect for Sting because." Sting didn't respect what we did, and he didn't understand it, and he didn't try to understand it. He just and basically everything you've ever heard people say about Goldberg or Warrior or what have you, they based a lot of people have said about Sting. Well, then I would agree with you. Sting was the most successful. Um, that being the case, Goldberg comes out and does this speech about how now he really gets it. Oh, he gets it now. He's good with the business, and he's super excited to be a part of the company and everything else. And it's like. Oh, come on. Like, I was excited to see him come back because I thought this time they'd get it right. Like, I just heard Bruce Pritchard's podcast about Goldberg, in, you know, in his run in the WWE. And it, was, and it was shit. And it was shit because they decided that they, they, they didn't know what they had with Goldberg. Or they did, and they decided not to use it the way he should have been used. They decided to just make him one of the guys. Well, see he was my, a WCW. See my, later, um, see my later rant about Finn Balor, by the way. I'll, I'll get to that much later on. But, yeah. um... But, you know, they, they, there was something special about the Goldberg character because of the way that the, he was portrayed in WCW. And they just ran it. They, they just destroyed that in his initial we're gonna run. Make him, we're going to make him entertaining, damn it. Yes. Mm. We're going to put a wig on him. Um, but they, they made him one of the guys, basically. And it doesn't. And he's, he's, a, he's like Brock. He's an attraction. He's not one of the guys. He has to be treated special. Um, but because. <laughs> There was legitimately two parts of his speech that I didn't think were, were bullshit. Okay. One one of them was the yeah, he wanted to wrestle for his son that you pointed out earlier. 
The only other one is there was one person he thanked, and I felt it was genuine, and that was DDP. Sure. Because DDP legitimately gave him the best match he ever had as a performer, ever. He referenced how DDP gave him a 15-page script of their match, which DDP was known to do for his bigger matches. He literally scripted it out and was like, this is how we can nail this. And I don't doubt that he absolutely wanted to pull that off with Goldberg because Goldberg was limited in what he could do. You know, he was intense and powerful, but he was never going to blow anybody away with a five-star match. He, that's not what he was. It's not what he should have been. Goldberg, so I don't. Goldberg's a yeah. play follower. If you give yes. Goldberg a script, he will follow it. That's pro- probably why he was as successful to a degree as he was, you know, to the point that he got into the NFL. You're, here's the play Follow the play. Execute this thing. And, and I that's, think... That's, that's ahead, why ben. I don't think the stuff with DDP was disingenuous. I feel he was sincere in thanking him for that. Right. And, you know, I, and knowing their relationship later on, I, I don't feel that was disingenuous. But the, the knock on Bill in terms of his mentality has always been, he's too nice a guy for the wrestling business, which is funny because so many people call him a prick in the wrestling business. But it's because he does he he never understood how things worked entirely, never made the effort to, and was basically manipulated by a lot of people into believing one thing and going with it. And he never he never got smartened up to the level he should have in terms of not just knowing what's going on in the ring, but what's going on backstage. He was never smartened up to that by anybody. And it allowed him to develop this ego and this persona and this thought of I know what's right and he never got it I you know I sympathize a lot I, I, I know it might be a weird thing to say about Goldberg but I really sympathize with where he's coming from you know where he he what he didn't grow up in the business he didn't really understand it he was he was given a lot and then there was this expectation that he would like if you just get suddenly dropped into this alien culture, you're not going to adopt it immediately. You're probably going to make a lot of mistakes and, in, and along the way upset people. But is that really your fault if no one tells you what the culture is, what it's like, how to get along? You know, and, just, and, and, and by the way, you're also made president. You know, <laughs> that's kind of the Goldberg story. So I get his animosity. What I And it's not like I wanted to get up there and drop his pants and be like, to all of you who screwed me, this is my dick. Look at it. Look at it. Like, I didn't expect him to be like, yeah, fuck the... Yeah, he's, he's Jewish. He wouldn't do that. That's <laughs> true. Um, I didn't expect him to be like, fuck the McMahons. You know, I didn't expect any of that. But uh, I don't know. I I did... There's some, there, was a, there was somebody else who um, who did a Hall of Fame speech where, where you got the idea that they weren't Wazooey about the McMahons or the WWF, but they were happy to have been recognized for their own greatness. It might have been Bruno uh, you know, or somebody. Bill, Bill Watts. Bill, Bill Watts, you know. And, and I'm, you, the speech you're thinking of is Bill Watts. <laughs> I'm okay with those speeches. I'm okay with the ones that go... Look, I don't have a tremendous amount of nice things to say here, but I'm. But thank you for the honor and thank you for remembering my contribution to the business. Had his speech sort of been that way, I would have been okay with it. But for me, it just felt like totally, except for the points we've mentioned, totally disingenuous, and it made it kind of hard to watch. I'll let you guys kind of give your thoughts, your final thoughts on Bill Goldberg's and his speech, and we'll move on from this. Go ahead, Pat. Well... 
enough about Goldberg because there was a speech that night that I felt was the greatest Hall of Fame, legitimately the greatest Hall of Fame speech I've heard so far because it was so heartfelt. It was very real. It was more entertaining than people probably thought it was going to be. And that's Jeff Jarrett's. Mm-hmm. And it had the best close to a Hall of Fame speech ever. Sorry, Michael Hayes. Aww. Been my days working hard on the go, but the hands <laughs> on the clock keep spinning too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. I thought it was hilarious right. that neither one of them remembered the words to it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that, that, that Road Dog can actually sing. But Jeff, I mean, like that—that that was the real gimmick. That that Road Dog could actually sing, and Jarrett can't carry a tune. And, <laughs> and they lived the it. Thing. Yeah, and it was the truth. You know, like like Jarrett was horrendous on the mic. You know, it was like, ooh, ooh, but, this was real. This was a real gimmick. You the know, funny, the funny thing is, is like he was terrible then, but apparently, like they started that whole angle because Jeff actually could sing a little bit back when. And, like, then they were like, well, it would be funnier if it would make you a bigger heel if you didn't actually sing it, and blah, blah, blah. And he was, like, to the very last minute about it, where they were going to do the song, he, to the very last minute, he really was like, I should probably sing this, though. And it was like, no, I shouldn't. Well, maybe I should. And they had, at the, like, ninth hour, they finally were like, no, we're going with Road Duck. Didn't they do an In Your House where he actually did sing with, like, a country music band? He sang in 98 with uh, Sawyer Brown, who were very good, and he actually did sing and did a fairly decent job on Some Girls Do. There you go. The mystery I of just... Yeah, I, 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 I actually I thought the best Hall of Fame speech was Mark Henry's, but I mean... Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Ronnie, uh, thoughts on... You have go, no... Go I was going to say, you have no heart if you didn't tear up with Mark Henry. Dude, at this um, point, if his wife is like, yeah, I, I'm still objecting to him being in the Hall of Fame, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, at this point, like, there's no more sympathy left for his widow. You know, you're, you're, like, it, she doesn't... How many more wrestlers have to give a Mark Henry speech and have to, you know... And it's not like the WWF purposely fucking dropped him from a ceiling. It was an accident. Uh, Okay, you're you're going to contend they 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 went out of their way to murder the guy? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's not impossible. Okay, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to go live in front of everybody. Go, but it was Owen Hart. <laughs> I'll teach you guys a lesson. I'll teach I'm Brett. Go. Bre- break my cameras, will you, Brett? We'll drop your brother off a ceiling. How does that sound? We'll break your brother. <laughs> I'm not oh, going to go full uh, full Jesse Ventura on you. What if they knew the harness wasn't going to stay? <laughs> Are you West kidding Governor me, Jesse? <laughs> God, he, he's, he is lunatics, man. Um, anyway. Your people could be real. <laughs> As I was saying, um, Ronnie, go ahead. I, I was going to say if you had any last words about Goldberg, or you just, or if there's any part of the Hall of Fame you wanted to, because uh, after this we're going to move on to NXT. So anything about the Hall of Fame or, or Goldberg at this point you want to mention? Uh, I think Goldberg was sincere. Um, I do. I mean, more sincere than you give him credit for. But that's just me. Uh, it just felt like it was. Um, and then. Um, also the 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 Mark Henry. I mean Mark Henry deserves this. I mean Oh yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, I mean a lot of people now who are newer wrestling fans don't realize just how much he gave. 
to the WWE. I mean, he was never my favorite wrestler, but I always had a soft spot for him and wanted to see him, you know, succeed because I think um, I, I think he was one of those um, wrestlers that loved the business and loved the company, but was taken advantage of. Was just there because... anybody who like was more giving at a certain point than mm-hmm. Mark Henry to that company? I mean, come on, through sexual chocolate into um, May Young birthing a hand, Say, saying <laughs> that he lost his virginity to his sister. Yeah, things like that. I mean, they were like, "Here's some crap that we can't." Get, uh, they possibly ruin your personal life as well as professional life. Um, we want you to say. It. He's like, "Okay, bring it on." You know, let's do it. And the transvestite. Yeah. So oh, uh, he's. He's just, you know, I think he, you know, he turned into a really good performer, really good worker from what he was, you know, just being you know, the strong guy. Um, put on some really good matches, and, I, and and then that heartfelt speech at the end, you know, where it's just like, I, I'm really sorry to see him go because I didn't see him wrestle very much towards the end. But um, he's, I think he, he was one of the most deserving on that stage that night. If not the most deserving. All right, and it was good to see the Dudleys back together for for a few minutes too. Okay, real quick, I, I'm gonna open this up to everybody. Um, next year's Hall of Fame, just uh, nominate somebody who who you think uh, at this point. You know, it's one of the one of the fun things about listening to the Jim Cornette podcast. It's just like who's left to put in this thing. Um, Donald Trump. He, I think he might I, actually I was be there already when in. He was yeah, he's oh, already, he's already in, there. in. That's right. Yeah, he's yeah, a celebrity. Uh, so this is. I'm going to start with you, Jesse, because you haven't had a, a lot to uh, put in here. To, you know, because you didn't see it. But uh, if you had to nominate somebody for the Hall of Fame next year, who do you think it might be? Here's the thing. I have no idea who's in or who's out. <laughs> so guess what? You ain't gonna hear much from me some more because I'm gonna be rather quiet here. I really I have no clue as to because uh, they nominate so many people. How many is there a number maximum number of how many people they bring in a, a, well, per year? Thing. They usually do a tag team. They usually do a tag team. A minority. Um, a woman. A, a, a woman being a minority. Uh, a headliner. They usually like a headliner, and the headliner has been like the the WWF apology tour. You know, it's yeah, been like Savage, much. Warrior, Bruno, Goldberg, uh, Goldberg. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> next yeah. year it has to be Owen. Come on, <laughs> there's no one left I mean, to apologize that's... to. That's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I will. I will gladly turn this over to Ronnie Adams because I, I will have. I guarantee you, like three t- three names I come up with off the top of my head are going to be already in there. I want to so. no. I want to play this game. What are your three? Yeah, uh, Pedro Morales in in ninety six. There nice. we go. Okay. <laughs> Dang, well man. done. <laughs> That's why, I, that's why I, go, I did almost didn't want to do the show if Pat wasn't on. Go ahead, Jesse. Number two. No, I'm done. There's no. No. Don't make me. Don't, no, do not make want, me. Do, what, no, I mean, I was going to say he was in. I, I knew he was in, but Pat's like he was in in '96. His 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 speech clocked in at this many minutes, and uh, he <laughs> wore Savio <laughs> Vega. Yeah, Savio Vega inducted him, and he wore him on in that night. Uh, we let's see. Are we bringing any classic wrestlers to? Remix this. I don't think we're bringing any anybody because the the Dudley Boys have both been at Remix here recently. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that we have. Oh man, off the top of my head, how about Tommy Dreamer? <laughs> How's that for you? That's going to be yeah. a ways out. Will why, he ever show why, up? 
My wife actually asked me, like, do you think Tommy Dreamer will ever be in the WWF Hall of Fame? And I'm like, no. But, God, no. <laughs> but sure. Well, well, if they're... Okay, I don't I know don't if he's... Why not, though? The Dudley he, Boys? He really, watch them into... really terrible I was for say, a long time. I, how about this? How about, like, the, I could actually see them inducting the entire ECW in, in the, the Hall of Fame. Like, as an Sandman. San, Sandman was, first. My choice was Taz. Sabu. Dumb. If anyone's going in, it's Sabu. Okay. Okay. So, so my two here's here's my two nominees, um, and then I'll let I'll let Pat uh, have at it. Um, my here actually three. These these are my my three nominees for next year: the Bulldogs, Owen Hart, mm. Paul Heyman. Mm, that's those are good. You took one of them on. Uh, those what, are all good. What what would have been one? Of, what was the the other one of yours then, uh, Ronnie? Heyman. Okay, but who else? Taz, and um, uh, like I, I really want Tommy Dreamer to go in. Um, I've always been a Dreamer fan. I'm sorry, um, and maybe Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> Wait a second, this, is that a joke? <laughs> yeah, because okay. I don't think he ever wrestled for WWF. <laughs> uh, no, I think he did. You've done so much for this industry, Mikey. Mikey, Mikey did wrestle on an episode of Raw. Yeah. <clears throat> once he wrestled once. I'd like to see the Hardy Boys go in. I mean, they got some they got some years left, but uh, but if you're going to go ahead and put Edge and Christian in, even though they're both retired, just go ahead and just drop the Hardy Boys in. Yeah, man. only Edge is in, not Christian. Pat, what are your? Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Go ahead and throw a couple out there. Well, the the rumor is that because he wasn't inducted this year, so they could do it in New York, New Jersey, which is Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, perfect. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bam Bam would have been one of mine anyway. I think Bam Bam is awesome, and he deserves it. Yeah, uh, you know I, I love the Bulldogs. That's a good one. Um, yeah. They deserve it together. Davy, I know people love Davy, but he didn't deserve it by himself. But they'll never let Dynamite show up live and make a speech. Yeah, Cornette uh, mentioned that after our our Cornette's uh, partner on his show, um, Brian Lass, mentioned that on the one of the um, I think it was one of the. Uh, the drive through, yes. no, it was the drive through where he was like, "Yeah, they're not letting they're not letting Dynamite Kid on the stage while he's in a wheelchair. They'll wait till he's dead." The, yeah. As more, yeah, as more as it sounds, they're going to wait till Dynamite's dead and then induct him uh, <laughs> yeah. posthumously. Yeah. Um, um, I know, I know that they're on the outs, but I really think the Hall of Fame is lacking without Demolition in it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, Demolition aren't in there. Jesus no, Christ! No. Yeah. They're part of the the concussion lawsuit, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about Doink? But even. Oh no! Stop it! Why? Uh, just stop it. My my third <laughs> pick would be Rick Martel. Yeah, model. Uh, he was more than the model. He was in. Um, he was in the. What was? It? Was he the Canon Connection or Strike Force? I can't remember was, which one. Well, they they were both teams. He was in both of those. Strike Force okay. won the belts, and then he had an, a, an earlier run in the WWF in the late seventies, early eighties with Tony Gurria, where they won the tag team titles. Um, and aside from that, he's the AWA world champion for a year and a half. Right. He had a huge draw in, in Canada. He wrestled in Japan. He wrestled all over. He had that last cool run in WCW. I, I think Martel would be like that that 80s kind of nostalgia star who can go in. I'm actually surprised like him and Brett didn't have like a major title feud when he was doing the model gimmick. Like I don't know why like, like I don't know at that point what was what the WWE saw or didn't see in Rick Martel. Uh, at, well, Martel, in, in that era, 
Martel was looked at as a guy who, because he had been there for so long, wasn't part of the youth movement that they wanted to mm-hmm. to go with. It's almost the same reason why they were like down on Randy Savage, which was insane, because if you watch Randy Savage and Lex Luger in a ring in 1993, who are you going to think is the more spry performer? Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, though, couldn't you have seen like a like a like a year long program with Rick Martel and Bret Hart at the top? It would have drawn. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It would have drawn no money, but it would have been awesome matches. Well, <laughs> they couldn't draw money doing anything anyway, so what would that have mattered? Exactly. All right, let's move on to NXT uh, Takeover Nolans again. I don't want to go match for match; just I want to hit the highlights for myself. Um, it opened up with a car wreck. It was the ladder match for the <laughs> for the North American <laughs> for the North American uh, NXT Championship, and that was Adam Cole Bebe, EC3, who I'm so happy is doing his oh, redemption man. tour through uh, through the yeah. WWF. Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, who looks like a shaven ape. He looks like the gorilla in Rampage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ricochet, oh, who I don't, you know, because I don't follow a lot of independent wrestling. I don't know much about Ricochet, but boy, can he bounce off shit! And probably my my favorite. Why do you think they call him Ricochet? Yeah, no kidding. And and probably like my favorite. I say like my favorite wrestler, just because I've never seen a guy get it as much as this one. The Velveteen Dream. Good old Patrick from Tough Enough. Pat, have you ever seen a guy who's like who like claimed to be a fan of the WWF and be, went on to be a went on to be a a pro wrestler so totally 110% get the get the industry, you know, get the business and then develop a character based on his based on his intimate knowledge of of what what sells a guy and what doesn't because when i first saw that velveteen velveteen dream character come out i was like wow here here's the guy that's just like you know what i know exactly how i'm getting over i mean there's there's you know a lot of examples not not necessarily from the past 15 to 20 years when you've had more guys who weren't fans come in and get ingratiated um you know i grew up in the era where everybody loved wrestling and that's why you wanted to be in wrestling because you loved wrestling. So, you know, I mean, I, t- the ultimate example would be like Jim Cornette, who was the super fan and created the Mama's Boy character and knew he couldn't work and whatever, but he so he became this, this you know incredible manager. But you know, he Velveteen Dream is awesome, and this ladder match is the best multi-person ladder match I ever saw. And what I mean by that is, you know, more than just a one-on-one singles ladder match. This is the best. This was better to me than the TLC matches were. This was incredible. It's the third best ladder match I've ever seen behind Triple H and The Rock at SummerSlam 98 and the second Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match at SummerSlam 95. This was off the charts great. Yeah, I would say the only other one out of the ones you mentioned that ever stood out to me is the one where CM Punk won it. And that's only because CM Punk won. I don't remember that ladder match for any other reason other than um, CM Punk had quit the business and then won the title and ran off with the title. Uh, and then they did that whole routine. But um, other than that one, like, yeah, most of the ladder matches at this point, you know, like the money in the banks and whatnot, don't really stand out to me. This one does. Like I remember, like I it's, it it takes a lot for me to watch wrestling now with this huge like ridiculous smile on my face. Um 
But uh, I really, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Uh, what'd you think of it? Now, okay, uh, Jesse, you didn't see this either, right? I did not. It sounds like, it. man, if it tops ladder matches in Pat's eyes, it sounds like something that I'm going to have to watch, though. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, like that, that, that's high praise, and it's well-deserved. Uh, Ronnie, what did you think of this? Uh, you laughed when I called it a car wreck. Uh, I just, uh, well, I haven't seen it yet. Um, okay. Which really surprises me because I usually make it a, a point to watch uh, NXT before any of the big, uh, you know, any of the the, the big shows like this. Um, you know, especially WrestleMania. I because uh, I I enjoy NXT a lot, and for for the for the misses that uh, they have on their big shows, NXT makes up for it tremendously in my in my opinion. I'm I'm kind of crossing my fingers that uh, here in a couple weeks, uh, Remix is having their usual. They have two shows a year, and the last show, uh, Adam Cole's girlfriend was wrestling uh, and became champion. I don't know if she became champion or defended the championship here at, in Remix, and Adam Cole was backstage, unbeknownst to everybody, you know, in the crowd, and he kept it that way. So uh, I'm kind of hoping that that will be the case this time and maybe he'll just kind of peek his peek his head outside the curtain you never know that's going to be in a couple weeks though so we'll see but uh, adam cole is he's impressive i've i've always liked watching at least some of his matches in the past he was with ring of honor for a little while right yeah a good little while when he really cemented mm-hmm. his uh, rep yeah I, I caught a few of his matches in ring of honor yeah i really dug this it's probably one of my favorite matches of the weekend um, I just want to touch on Shayna Baszler versus Ember Moon. Obviously, Ember Moon gave up the title yeah. because then she showed up on Raw as Nia Jax's partner. Um, I like Shayna Baszler as a wrestler. I, I, I laughed when she won the belt because because I, I, I snarkly turned and said, well, the only way she was winning a belt was if she won a fake one. Um, but, you know, good for her. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she's found a second life as a wrestler uh, because she sure as shit wasn't going to find it in MMA. And I think you know, it, coming from MMA into wrestling, it gives her it gives her that edge. It gives her a ready made character, and she's really running with it. So good for her. We'll see. You know, I mean, Christ, she's doing better than uh, than fucking Billy Kay or the other broad uh, her partner there have done. Uh, neg- negative on that. Oh, really? What have they accomplished? They, they made their debut tonight. Oh, did they? Okay. Oh, I know one of them was in the Battle Royal. The iconic duo made their debut tonight officially oh, on SmackDown. Th- good for them. All right, take it uh, and yeah, I think Shayna Baszler is just trash. Okay, I, I, I like what she's done so far. Um, the only other, well, the only other thing I'll mention, and then we can move on. And finally, the Authors of Pain finally showed up on Raw. That was which I was thrilled about. But um, yeah. getting getting ahead of ourselves. Um, the, the Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa match. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it had a lot of heat to it, uh, a lot of brutality, without it being you know a garbage match where they were hitting each other with lawnmowers or shit like that. You know, I thought as far as blood feuds go, and in, in you know in in the bloodless WWE, yeah, I thought they pulled it off, and um, you know it made Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa that much more interesting in my opinion. Pat, anything on this one? Um, Johnny Gargano versus Ciampa is my early candidate for match of the year. I think it, it especially drew upon the story that's been building with them for close to a year now. I, I think the storytelling in it was just awesome. You combine that with some incredible work, real, real uh, 
moments that play off of the past between them that everybody remembers who's followed them. Uh, just so well put together. Uh, an, an amazing finish to it. This, this, you know, and to stand out like it did after not only the ladder match but the NXT title match, this was incredible between two just phenomenal workers with unbelievable chemistry, not only as partners but now as opponents. Uh, blown away by it. Easily my early match of the year contender. All right, mm. Pat, Pat, any other thoughts on NXT? I, I mean, it was a great – I thought it was a great card top to bottom. I don't think there was a bad match on here. Um, as usual, like the NXT – tends to be my, my favorite over the actual WrestleMania card. But um, your thoughts, sir, overall? Um, overall, just probably the best complete, on a, like complete show rating. This is probably the best so far of the year from any promotion, whether it's WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan. I think this was the most fulfilling, best put together uh, super show so far. Uh, literally the only match I didn't like was Shayna Baszler and Ember Moon because I, I think Shayna Baszler's work is terrible. Everything else I enjoyed thoroughly, um, and it had three matches on here that were just completely unbelievable, but the ladder match, uh, Aleister Black and Andrade for the the NXT title was great. Um, I hope Andrade gets the call up, and Gargano Ciampa, like I said, is my early match of the year favorite. I, I got to imagine going forward uh, with Roderick Strong, Roddy! Uh, Roddy! Yeah. Joining the Undisputed Era. <laughs> Roddy, not Ronnie. I would oh, imagine with, with Roderick Strong in the Undisputed Era, Johnny Gargano spends the next year feuding with the Undisputed Era, kind of working his way through him. God, I love, God, I, I, God, I want to touch myself to the thought of Johnny versus Roddy. <laughs> On a regular basis. Um, yeah, I got to imagine that at some point over the next year, <laughs> we're going to see uh, Gargano versus Cole for either the North American title or the uh, the NXT championship. But you know, what's crazy too is that I just said that I want to touch myself to the thought of two guys in tights rolling around, and that's not even like the gayest thing I've said today. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Ah. Uh, all right, WrestleMania 34, Jesse, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Give me your give me your good, the bad, and the ugly here. I want to hear from you. We haven't had a, you know, we haven't heard a lot of a lot from you tonight. So I want you to take the ball and run with it, my friend. The good, the bad, and the ugly of WrestleMania 34. Go. Okay. All right. I'm trying to think of my favorite moment of the night, and I honestly think it comes down <laughs> to the Ronda Rousey uh, match. You know, where she she teamed with Kurt Angle. Now, it, this was. Uh, you know, this was supposed to be the the christening of Ronda Rousey as she comes in. And has she worked at all in Raw? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been able to tell, I've watched jack shit when it comes <laughs> to wrestling coming up to WrestleMania. I mean, I've, I think I've watched Royal Rumble where she showed up. But has she done any work other than just promos and shit like that up until the, the match? We, we that's It's generous to call them promos, but we can call them that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was actually, you know, I was into this match. This was a match that I really was invested in. Uh, and I think it had most of the, the most cinematic spots throughout most of what I saw through WrestleMania. Now, there were definite, I mean, there were definite uh, candidates for way better matches on the card. But when it comes to, like, cinematography, nothing will top, in my opinion, when she had... 
Stephanie down, and she's and Stephanie is screaming, "Please do not, do not put me in the armbar!" Basically begging for her life, and Rhonda muscles her way in there, and her fingers just inch apart to where she has her right there, and Stephanie's begging, and then she finally locks it in and immediately taps. Uh, to me, for some reason, that just it, it was that deserved to be on film, and it spoke so much of a story. I mean, it's not much that we uh, we aren't going to really be surprised that Stephanie McMahon's acting like a total shitbag, uh, but that's what she was supposed to do. She portrayed that so well, in my opinion. All right, so that was that was probably my most uh, memorable part of of WrestleMania. Uh, man, when it comes to the bad, all right, real easy, real easy. Okay, the bad is seven hours of motherfucking <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> Mm. The bad is me going over to a friend's house that lives 45 minutes away so I can hang out with him and almost falling asleep in his chair because the main event almost – it was like a dose of NyQuil. I, I, I Dude, digress. Next time you just need to make it a, a weekend and come on down here and hang out. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, if I would have had a place to stay, I would have. I, I mean, that's what I should have done. I should have camped out in his house because it was – he starts at 20 minutes late. And, you know, it's rolling on at, like, 20 till. I'm trying to keep up a conversation with you guys on Instant Messenger through Facebook. And I swear, I'm both asleep. of you, you're asleep. <laughs> Mark Radlich is ignoring me. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, you know, there's these guys are, are smart. They're at home and they're in their bed. So I continue to resent WrestleMania that much more because I'm sitting at somebody else's house and my friends are sleeping. So... The the length of this show was out of control. I didn't get home until five after one, and mm. I was mad. And I was I was really mad, I because it it just went on for so long. And you missed the mass, you missed the last three matches on that. No, no kidding. Oh, I was going to say one. <laughs> Wait a second. Now I'm really upset. It was Bill Goldberg uh, versus the Ghost of Ultimate Warrior. Mad. <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if any. No, never mind. I'm sure there's a reason as to why they ended it with the Brock Roman Reigns thing. That which was, I, I don't know how many times I can heave uh, because I, I, it, it was just a, a textbook match in my opinion. I'm glad. I, I'm so glad we got to see the same match. You know, this is going to be. This is almost Cena Orton 95 times over, you know, where you see it every time. Oh, all right, here goes, uh, here goes Roman Reigns. He's spearing and he's <sighs> enough of that. The ugly, because I'll let you guys harp on that. I'm sure the ugly, <clears throat> and people are going to hate me for this. That's our newest tag team champion. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas, all right. Mm. So I don't hate uh, you for it. I, I I understand. I understand that. I would assume this is a Make a Wish kid. Is that correct? Anybody can. can oh, anybody nope. confirm? No, nope. he's the child he of the is. Oh, I can. He is in the family. I can hate this kid. Mm. Good. <laughs> Good. First of all, make first wish of all, kids. that's kid hate service. <laughs> To the Make a Wish kids, because they should be hated just as equally as everyone else. Oh no! You're, you're treating them differently because of an impairment, 
And that is not fair, sir. All right, all right, all right. Those Make-A-Wish kids <laughs> deserve just as much hate I as hate. anybody else. <laughs> I love I love the fact that Pat just gave a coherent argument to why we should hate the Wicca Witch kids. Well, let me this this stems from my my assumption here. Uh, you know, stems from actually going to my first raw. Well, I say my first raw. My last raw I went to uh, up in Columbus, Ohio, and this was a few years back, where I was already already to boo John Cena, and he comes out and and. He is doing something with the make a you know the make a wish kids at that point, so I couldn't boo him at that point in time. So I thought, well, they're going to do the same thing. They've they have lined it up to make some kid's dream come true on WrestleMania, and he's going to be given a championship. Uh, and I was like, oh well, okay, I guess I I shouldn't hate uh, you know for them making some kid's dream come true. But now you're telling me that this is not the case, and I can legitimately really, you know, wish that whoever came up with this idea should kick themselves in the ball somehow. Well, uh, there's no way they can get a real a real kid out of the audience up there because of insurance and everything else. Dude, they, got, if you a get re- a kid, they got a real kid out in the audience. He tries to take down Cesaro. Right. <laughs> if he, if, or if, if the kid just, you know, does what he's supposed to do and stands there, and he's like, and he's sick anyway if he's a Make-A-Wish kid, and then all of a sudden, uh, Seamus accidentally like gives him the the big boot to the face and knocks him <laughs> into the third row. You, I mean, there's going to be lawsuits, and and to say the least, I'd pay okay. money. So, I would absolutely pay money for that. I, I mean, just I believe every word you're saying. Coming. That's why I thought they didn't. I mean, they, he wasn't. If he was taking shots at the wrestlers, you know, I, I might have said, "Oh, okay, well, this is clearly they, work." But. He, he wasn't right. doing any of that. He 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 actually looked like he, if you looked at him, he had like a bracelet on. I was like, oh man, he's got a medical bracelet on and everything. Jesus, poor kid. I hope he's there's okay. There's one kid that was following Braun Strowman around, like pick me, pick me, and he's <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, he... the little fat kid with the glasses. Yeah, and but uh, it was just it, you know it, to see Seamus punt a child into the third row. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty funny. Let me but, tell you. Let me tell you the most salient point that my wife made this morning when I was telling her about that match, and that was, "That's horrible. That kid should have been in bed." And I was like, "Yes, you're right. He should have been in bed." <laughs> All right, he's got homework. I mean, if you listen to, um, if you listen to freaking uh, Corny on his podcast, and so you know, well, uh, god, goddamn, what the fuck? I mean, these guys they come in the room of fucking business and. God damn, we didn't have no kids in there. How are you supposed to sell for a fucking nine year old? God damn. <laughs> right? His one of his um one of his targets of his of his vitriol is is Kenny Omega. And because Kenny Oh, Omega, I knew this is where this was hair, gonna go. Comes in and has a goddamn match with a fucking twelve year old girl and he's selling for her. I mean goddamn lays and shit in there, fucking hit this girl, knock her damn teeth down her throat, protect the fucking business, goddamn, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it, I don't know how I, I I can't wait to hear how what he says about this because if he doesn't rip this apart, then he is a hypocrite. Because goddamn, this fucking okay, twelve-year-old <laughs> that they pull out of the Here's, fucking audience has Jim Cornette out, been on a show well, with Jesse Ventura? Because if not, yeah. that should happen tonight. Goddamn, every every fucking guy who's ever been in that company, whether it's damn Heavenly Bodies or fucking. Jake the Snake Roberts never held a goddamn title there. But this fucking 11-year-old kid's going to be a world tag team champion. God fucking, what the fuck? 
But I mean, seriously, he he's all over Kenny Omega for having a, a match against a, a blow up doll, and then then he rips into him about having the match against that little girl, um, which that little girl can work, <laughs> but because uh, I've seen that match. Uh, but then they then WWE pulls this crap against. I actually enjoy the bar. I like them as a mm-hmm. tag team. I think they, they, they work you know, for being two people that were just thrown together because they have nothing else for them. I think they work. I think they do good. They have good charisma. And their entrance was my favorite of the night, uh, minus Charlotte. Um, Charlotte just gave me, gave me chills. I loved it. But, um, but I mean, to, to treat these two like, you know, like this, I mean, I understand that Braun Strowman's your new uh, man mountain, un, you know, unbeatable monster or whatever, unless he goes against Brock, then, you know, all bets are off, but uh, <laughs> but it's just it, it's a shame that they, they they did these guys like that and put a kid you know the, he all he did was just stand there and pick his butt on the side of the ring. Um, <laughs> I hated and, that we I almost spoiled that for you before you had the chance to watch it, uh, and when you woke up and I was like I just I think I put in there. Like I, you know, Nicholas just tagged in, and it's ten after midnight or some bullshit like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, this this cannot end. We had two more matches to go, or one more match to go, and I was like, this can't end soon enough. I think that I think it's disgraceful. I mean, I'll go far as far as that. I mean, it's just one of those things where I mean, this was just a horrible. This was the absolute lowest um, point of the night for me. Fucking goddamn. Fucking Randy <laughs> Savage never held goddamn tag team championship been the fucking matches up. Built his goddamn business and he never fucking held that title. You put the goddamn title on a fucking 12-year-old boy it looks like spends more time in the ladies' bathroom not knowing where to go and target. And oh, if it wasn't for the by... announcers, if it wasn't for the announcers clearing it up that that was a young boy, I would have went to bed thinking that it was an intergender uh, match, and somehow this girl won a tag team championship with Braun Strowman. Look, I, I, I have a counter argument to all. I have a counter argument to all of this. Of course you do. What are you doing, Let Jim Cornette say his piece. Goddamn! What the fuck? Extra cheese, motherfucker! Extra cheese. Uh, boy, if you don't listen to any of the Jim Cornette podcast, you're not understanding any of this. You just have. Let me put it that way because <laughs> yeah, really. that's pretty much the only thing that Cornette says. <laughs> I want to talk about the Ronda Rousey match, but let, 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 let's get into this Braun Strowman thing real quick. Look, I didn't love it. I, I didn't love that. I, I didn't love that they could have just done Braun Strowman versus The Bar and have him beat both guys. You know, I'm like, I'm my own tag team partner. And then the next night on Raw, say, you, you know. You know what I didn't love, motherfucker? I didn't love your goddamn fucking apologist, and I'm gonna pull you over this goddamn table and beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> you treat me like the goddamn guy at the fucking county fair running the Ferris wheel. It all goes back to the wrestling thing. Are you Damn. are you done? Pat, do you have meds that you didn't take tonight or something? No, this is this is why I have Pat on <laughs> to just randomly burst into. I'm kidding. Damn it, Jim. Look, here's the thing. They could they could have said you know they could have just done Braun Strowman versus the Bar. He beats the Bar and he becomes tag team champion by himself. Not the first time that that has happened. And the next night on Raw, Kurt Angle says, "Give me the belt or get a partner. Your choice." And he just says, "Take the fucking belts. I don't need them." I was just making a point. That would have been fine too. Value the tag team titles completely. Yeah, because they have a lot of value as as it is currently. 
Um, you know, the, t- the titles aren't props or anything. Look, they're fake belts. Who cares? You I know? got an idea, bro. <laughs> Swerve, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being uh, said... This is like... That being said, the whole gimmick was that Braun Strowman was, you know, can go it alone and he is the monster. And does it really, whether he picked a kid or he picked some jobber or he picked, you know, an actual wrestler Gilbert. in the back or Gilbert or if he went in alone or if he brought in a fucking, you know, a blow up doll. I actually, just to piss Jim Cornette off, I would have brought in the blow up doll, Joey Ryan, and the girl that Kenny Omega wrestled. <laughs> I think they should have gone with. With Braun wearing a disguise and crawling under the ring and coming back out as Brains Strowman. Yes. Oh my god. That would have been amazing. If there was a possible <laughs> if there was a way to have gotten Brain Strowman in the match, I would have been all for that. But look, like I said. Brain Strowman. <laughs> that that's an actual thing, Jesse. Um Nice. Look, again, this was the, the whole idea was to sell Braun Strowman as you know, as good as two people, if not better, and they did that. So, does it really matter that he picked a kid? And it's and again, it's yes. not like and it's not like the next night they went and defended the titles, and the poor kid had to get back in the ring again. They just gave back the belts. It was a it's a story. It's a gimmick. Who cares? All right, that, how, can I uh, well, let me ask real quick? How long did they build up this? I, I'm going to have a partner, or who's your partner? I thing. Don't know, two weeks. They've been telling him. They've been telling him he had to have a partner for about three weeks. Okay, so Maybe was he play, Was he playing it off like, okay, I, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. Or was he? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, and that then, makes and sense. Then finally, on the go home raw, he goes, "I got a partner, and he's coming out right now." And then he, like, goes in the back and puts on a shirt, tie, and glasses like Clark Kent. And that was Brains Strowman. Oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> hey, Pat, you've been watching the Mix Max Challenge. Have they finished that yet? Yeah. Who won that? Oscar uh, and The Miz. Oh, okay. See, the, see, to me, the way that they should have done it was... Was Alexa Bliss? Yeah, they should have had Alexa Bliss wearing a t-shirt that says, Get These Hands. The, the problem, though, is that Mixed Match Challenge, apparently, is to actual WWE continuity what What If is to the Marvel continuity, where it doesn't actually exist within that plane of reality. Oh, There's nothing from that was ever acknowledged outside of that show. Okay. Uh, but I like the... I, you know, they, they should have had Alexa Bliss drop the title to... Um, to Nia, Jax, to, to Nia Jax earlier in the show and then have Braun Strowman come out and say, I have a partner, have Alexa Bliss come out and have them win the tag team titles. Well, that would yeah, be fine. Team, team Little Big was the best thing they've done in weeks and we all wanted to see Alexa Bliss get those hands, um, yeah. you know, just off camera. <laughs> and it just made perfect sense. But, you know, making perfect sense is not what we do here. Swerve, bro. bro. All right, let's move on. Um Go, go ahead, Ronnie. Last words, and then we're, oh, we're moving on from yeah, this. Yeah, I'm I'm just an Alexa Bliss fan, and that that whole match disappointed me. Okay, well, um, yes, Jesse, did you finish? Because I, I feel like I said, "Give me the good, the bad, and the ugly," and all we did was talk about Braun Strowman and the stupid. No, 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 my <laughs> my my good was the Ronda Rousey okay match. Uh, my my bad was the length of WrestleMania, and the ugly was Nicholas. Uh, Pat, how Memphis was that Ronda Rousey match booked? I mean, was that the most Memphis thing you've seen in years? Other than the promoter not going over, yes. 
I mean, um, that was. I, I will. I will say this. Uh, Rhonda did better than I thought she would. I still wouldn't say she did well. Um, she still she she still can't sell worth a damn. She still throws punches because you know she still doesn't know how to punch. She didn't know how to punch as a fighter. She still doesn't know how to punch. Um, the the bit with her like hitting Triple H where he's like, "What are you doing?" That was entertaining to me for the wrong reasons. Because <laughs> um, I still don't understand how he just didn't wring her neck or whatever to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> But you know that's me, and apparently I, my my views are more in line with 1955 to 2018, and that's wrong somehow. I had this but, I had this image that like they're going over stuff in the back, and you know Triple H and and, and uh, Stephanie are talking to Ronda like, "Hey Ronda, this is your big debut. We want to make it. You know, we have a lot of stuff planned to really get you over. But what what some of the things you want to do in the match?" And in her mind, she's going, "I want to make it look like I could have beat Holly Holm." You know, and, and <laughs> I just imagine him going over. The, what are we going to do? I'm a punch you. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, uh, like she went into the Holly. Uh, quick side note: she went into the Holly home fight thinking she's a boxer, forgetting that her bread and butter is fucking is breaking arms and hearts, and and she went into that stupid fight with a championship boxer, thinking I'm a punch you, and Holly home kicked her fucking head off. <laughs> it's like. And I think Ronda still has PTSD from that. <laughs> like, 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 like she just wakes up in the middle of the night going, I can punch! Oh, shit, I'm, I was sleeping. Um, you know, so, so, so the, the, any spot she does where she's throwing punches, I think she's right back in that Holly Holm fight again. You know, just thinking, I could, I could have done this. I could, I could punch. I, I'm a boxer, for reals. Um, I, I cut you off there, but I just had to share that with you. No, but it, it's very it, it it was very Memphis in terms of overbooking with referee distraction and and man woman you know whatever and it, it was what it was I was honestly I was just happy to see Kurt Angle in a ring at WrestleMania because Kurt Angle's still the man if you let him he can still hit the gas to sixty five zero to sixty five in seconds and go in there with AJ Styles or whoever and have a great match. So I, I was just happy that Kurt, more than anything, got that chance to have a little bit of a moment there. Um, I really did want Triple H and Stephanie to win, though, just because so many people would have been so butthurt about it. <laughs> and honestly, this is how you're going to divide the cool chicks from the not cool chicks this year. So on Halloween, when you're out bar hopping or whatever, if you see a girl dressed in the same attire Ronda wore, if she says for Halloween... She's Slutty Roddy Piper. She's a keeper. And she says she's Rhonda. She's fucking trash and just high fakes her away from you. <laughs> a couple of things about this match, and then and then we can move on. One, it, for, for its entertainment value, on two levels, it was my favorite of the entire night. Number one, because the actual match itself, like I said, when I say Memphis, that's not a detriment to the match. That's that it was highly entertaining. I mean, work rate wise, yes, it, it was is. it was for Memphis shit. Memphis sucks. <laughs> but, you know, as far as good old-fashioned wrestling, you know, where you get a lot of heat on the heels and, you know, and, and, it, and the, heel. the, the heels God are dastardly, the, 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 the faces are, are righteous. It was, it was fantastic, and everyone played their role really, really well. But my, but my favorite part of the match had nothing to do with what anyone, of the, what anyone did in the match, per se. 
It was watching it with my seven-year-old daughter who's looking at me and looking at Stephanie McMahon and going, she's not supposed to do that. She's dad. She's cheating. Is she supposed to do like screaming at the television at Stephanie and Triple H for being heels? Oh, and, nice. And it's like when you can get that earnest of a reaction, like you know when Jim Cornette talks about the old ladies wanting to throw like pipe bombs at fucking wrestlers in Memphis. You know, like we, we're so far removed from those kinds of reactions where you know where where it gets into your soul. And so to watch my daughter have have a similar kind of reaction to the heels, the way you're supposed to. Because, I mean, like, when you think about it, you know, look at all the, like, let's go back to NXT for a second. Adam Cole's a heel, but he was cheered by the entire NXT audience. <laughs> they all yelled out, Adam Cole, baby. EC3, the top, you know, everyone's favorite one percenter, is a heel. And people were cheering him. So it's like, it's cool to cheer the heel. It, it has been since the 90s. But then you have the seven-year-old who's just like, oh my god, I hate them. They're terrible people. How could they cheat like that? It's not fair. Just, it made my heart, you know, it's like, oh, that's why I watch wrestling. The other thing I kept thinking about was when they did the table spot, and I and I had this flashback moment to SummerSlam where the table collapsed as they were doing the pedigree spot and knocked Kurt Angle out. And I'm like, oh, please yeah, recreate... everybody that. <laughs> I was like, please recreate that spot. Kill Kurt Angle on a table. <laughs> We're just waiting for that table to break out from underneath them, like, way ahead of time. And nobody's prepared, and Kurt Angle dies. <laughs> I was waiting for it, man. I was, che- I, I, I lost it in front of my kids and my wife, and it was just like, kill Kurt Angle, come on! I was like, I don't remember anything against Kurt Angle. I just wanted to see that spot again, where he almost died. Um, <laughs> Ronnie Adams, the good, the bad, and the ugly of WrestleMania, go. Uh, the good was the Ronda Rousey match. I thought I'm on the opposite end of Patrick. I think uh, I think she looked really good in the ring. Uh, I was I, I tuned in just to see if it was going to be a car wreck or not, a train wreck or not. I thought it was going to be like um, just somebody roll a dumpster in the middle of the ring and set it on fire, um, <laughs> and then push Cactus Jack into so, it. Right. <laughs> that would have made it better. Um, but uh, but it, I was I was very surprised pleasantly surprised that how well she did and, and i got into the match i was i was much like your daughter i was like I, I was cheering them on and i was really happy to see that she has put some work in you know and 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 um at the end of the match when she was smiling and hugging kurt you know and and wouldn't let go and he almost looked halfway uncomfortable like okay you gotta let go now um but uh it, it just seems like she's genuinely happy to be there to be a part of it and um so i I was really into it um let's see the bad i'm sorry the bad for me is going to be brock keeping the well the brock and roman there was no way i could cheer anybody on in this match there there were no good outcomes for me what whatsoever um it was is awful this is awful it was just it was just a terrible match for me all around. Have you heard? Because so, no matter have you heard the behind the scenes no matter stuff about that match? Won, no, I, it's just no matter who won, I, I was not going to be happy. But what, what about the behind the scenes? So I don't know if you've heard this either, Pat. Um, but I re- I read today that going into the match, the Roman Reigns was supposed to win. In the middle of the match, they got word down to Brock and Roman. Swerve, bro. We're switching it to Brock. The crowd hates you. 
crowd hates who? Which one? The crowd hates Roman Reigns. <laughs> okay, please specify because <laughs> so I happen the, to hate them both. So the crowd hates Roman Reigns, and um, and Vince decided, let's punt on this. We're still going to make him champion, and I guess he's going to feud with Samoa Joe. More on that in a little bit. But um, we're going to punt on this. We're going to keep the title on Brock. Brock's going to re-sign with Paul Heyman, at least for the short term. And we'll put the title on Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Is that, a question? that doesn't make me happy. That's, that's the plan. That's at least what I've read. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that. I heard that uh, because of the renegotiation with Brock, they were like, how can we get Lashley over real fast? And... They're gonna have Brock apparently work with Roman again in Saudi Arabia because it'll 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 be something that the audience I guess they feel that they want to see, and then they're gonna move with Lashley versus Brock, uh, which I don't I don't think it's a bad idea, but I don't think it needs That's to be the world idea. title. I don't well I don't think it needs to be the world title program. No, I think I think take the title off of Brock. Um... Put it I'm on sorry, universal title. Put put the put it on Roman Reigns. Have Roman Reigns feud with Samoa Joe first, and then have um, you know, and then have him work with uh, with Bobby Lashley down the line, and then they can sw- then they can they can move Bobby Lashley over to Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and have Roman Reigns do something else. Also, I'm just saying, like I know this is a little bit off topic, but signing Bobby Lashley back. Did they forget that when they released him, like, they really didn't have a reason to release him at the time either? Like, they pushed him and everything was seemingly, swimmingly fine, and all of a sudden just, now nah, we're going to release him, it's fine, don't worry I about it. I thought he asked for his release because he wanted to go do MMA. I, I don't think so. I think they just kind of spur of the moment released him, and it was just like, okay, I'm going to go to TNA now. No, I thought and then it... he didn't choose to the TNA or the MMA for a couple of years. I thought this was another situation where his broad um, took, got ill favor with the office and so she got canned and then he was like, well, if she's getting canned that I want, that I want out too. I just remember Bobby Lashley not being happy. You know, he's another one, not happy with the business, not happy with the WWE and was like, I'll just go do something else. And then he ended up in Strikeforce for a few years. And then TNA. No, they they fired. They released him after he had shoulder surgery. Oh, maybe. Because um, I know he was a big part of ECW there for a while. Like, yeah, he was in an angle with Vince. Like, you don't get higher profile than being in a feud with Vince. Oh, that's like, he right. was Donald Trump's chosen champion. That say, was he, had the, he, had the, he had the fight against Dumaga, didn't he, at WrestleMania? Yes. He was the avatar for the president of the United States. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, is there anybody left in TNA at this point, or has everybody at this point come back? Like the only, I feel like the only Pretty one left. Everybody's. In... Go ahead. I mean, even uh, even um, uh, Storm is gone. Yeah, James, James Storm. Storm left. He was like the last guy I could think of. But they have Austin Aries yeah, back, that's... so that's good. Yeah, Austin Aries. Oh, that's <laughs> I mean, I was so excited that for him to come to WWE, and then his attitude and his his ego got the best of him, and uh, and then you know I was I was ready for him to go. Yeah. Um, okay, so your good was Ronda Rousey. Your bad was um, your bad Ron- was 
was Brock and Roman. What, what was your ugly? Yeah. Uh, ugly was a tie. Uh, ugly was a tie with uh, uh, Jinder Mahal winning the U.S. championship, uh, U.S. title, and Racist. Uh, the kid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just don't <laughs> like him. Backney Mahal. Back- <laughs> Backney Mahal. Nice. Wow. Yep. <laughs> oh, poor Jinder. He tries so hard. All right, Pat. You're <laughs> what? I mean, to find a new place to stick the needle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pick on Jinder. Um, you guys wanted something different. For Sm- you wanted something different for SmackDown, then you complain when they threw it on the Indian. Um, Pat. What? No, 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 no. That's not it. How it goes at all. And don't don't bring the Indian into it. Um, I just don't like Jinder Mahal as a wrestler. I think he no, would, I think proper, he's a the choice. The proper term is Native American. All right, Pat, you're good, the bad, and the ugly of WrestleMania. Go. Uh, good would be the opening triple threat match for the Intercontinental Title. Um, <laughs> I I thought it was the best match on the show. Um, even if the Miz lost, which is unfortunate, I, I think. The action was probably the best. It was a pretty decent developed feud going into it. Nobody looked out of place or uncomfortable. I thought the match delivered and was a strong opener for the the actual, like, WrestleMania portion of the show. The bad would be... So much to pick from. The (laughs) The bad would be the kid. Good Lord, that was a terrible idea. Um... The ugly, uh, again, so much to pick from. But to me, what was the point of Undertaker John Cena? Yes, oh. finally, yeah. someone said it. No, Ugh. no, no, no. Oh, we're no. alone. We're no, you know what makes it even uglier is John Cena running up the ramp at the end of that uh, Oscar Charlotte match, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting there, I'm going, that took match. a lot away from. Because I thought that was a pretty decent match, and they yeah, had to Charlotte do, they Flair, had to force John Cena in there. Charlotte Flair kind of looking at John Cena like, "Nice to steal my moment, dick." No kidding. Yeah, just a fake ass smile, and she's like, "Was that John Cena?" And I bet she turned her head and was like, "Motherfucker." Yeah, fuck Charlotte. She only has a, she only has a moment because her dad, and he sucked too. Ooh, that that would be <laughs> that would be yeah, a hot take, no. sir. A hot take. That's not the first time you said that, and. Pat and I are known for agreeing on the fact that Ric Flair sucks. Oh, congratulations, you're both wrong. All right. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> um, Here's the deal, though. They just needed to redeem the crap hand that he was dealt with Brock and Roman. You can't let a legend like The Undertaker go out like that. Fuck I'm sorry, you can't. He sucked, too. Well, look. No. <laughs> you know what? I've had enough streak, Pat. His streak, first of all, the streak was meaningless. Okay? Hang on, Hang on, Pat. Remember when we did an entire Casual Heroes episode tearing down The Undertaker's career bit by bit? Yeah. Remember that? Oh, good times. Best show ever. (laughs) Like an hour and a half of us saying nothing The Undertaker did was ever good. It wasn't. It was. He's done shit. If he wasn't working with Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or Mick Foley... His matches sucked. He spent the first, like, seven years of his career walking around not selling anything and choking people. <laughs> that shit. 
not having any good. Well, look at look at the company and the era he was eyes in. Into the back of his head. What was different about him and the Warrior? Nothing. Nothing. They were cartoons with limited ability, and then all of a sudden, what was he wore? He wore purple, and he added like three <laughs> moves to his repertoire. But meanwhile, he was working with Brett and working with Sean and all these guys who were, you know, the best of the best. So of course, his matches aren't going to be the worst. And then meanwhile, when it was up to him to carry the match, he couldn't do it. They, they talk about how, oh, well, he had to work with the Giants. They weren't the best guys. Fucking Bret Hart had to work with fucking shit guys all the time, and he made them look great. Shawn Michaels had to work with shit guys, and he made them look great. Taker's shit sucked because Taker sucked. Okay. All right. Fucking Please. Boys. You know what? Please. I don't know who. Wait, wait. No, I don't know who hurt you, Pat. But you need to let it go. <laughs> Please. Please tell us why you didn't like it out. (laughs) Please tell us. Okay, there we go. I'm glad you finished that. Um, Please explain why you didn't like the match between Cena and The Undertaker. What what made you think that was ugly? What was the purpose of this? It accomplished nothing. There is nothing gained from this. You take. If John Cena had taken out his his career out at this point, but at the same time. He's going to be around a lot more than The Undertaker is. And if you're going to pin a loss on him, you do it in two minutes and 30 seconds when he gets no offense in? 45 seconds. I'm looking two, at the wiki. 245, excuse me. I estimated. I apologize. 240, where he gets no offense in. gets completely squashed by a guy who is not physically capable of going longer than two minutes and 45 seconds. In the span of a calendar year. (laughs) And on top of that, if you want to talk about Jinder being the poster boy for back knee, as soon as Taker pulled those straps down, his back looked like a 14-year-old kid's face who loves chocolate. (laughs) I, I, I will tell you this. I am in complete agreement with Pat in regards to that match because... Jesse, shut your mouth. No, that match was ridiculous. I... He used the term squash, and that's the exact same word that I used when I looked over at my friend, who's a huge taker, Mark, and I said, I said, this was ridiculous. All taker did was walk into that ring and get every single one of his, you know, taker moves in, uh, other than the last ride. That's the one thing you didn't see. You saw old school, and it was almost like a fucking succession of every taker move, and then that, and then he's done. I'm like, this made no sense this should have been. I understand the apology. This is your apology. Hey, we should have never ended Fuck this streak apology. or whatever. You do the fucking honors. You go out. You've had your chance, Pat. <laughs> All right, Ronnie. Let me hear what you have to say. Why? Why? Tell, tell me just, why. I think it was an apology for for uh, letting a legend like the Undertaker go out on a sour note and lose to 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 two guys he shouldn't have lost to. Um, the 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 ending of the streak had had there was you know when they ended the streak it meant nothing there was there was nothing this to match it. Why? meant nothing hold on <laughs> hold on <laughs> I don't know who hurt you Jesse <laughs> God damn where's my beer <laughs> but the thing about you know he's been he's he oh God I'm so flustered right now. <laughs> Can, uh, I, can I let me jump in here? Okay, I, couple, a couple of things, because because I because I, I can. Just, oh, okay, well, let me let me finish my thought. 
It was an apology because the way he, the way they ended the streak was crap. the The fact that they put Roman Reigns over uh, over on him was crap. And I think it. I don't think it was. I think it was. Cena was in on it, or at least he had to agree to it wholeheartedly. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. Well, sure. I mean, Cena's got that much stroke in the company, you know, that he can say, "No, I don't want to do that," and they're not going to make him do it. Well, this um, is, this match it, is not the Taker's fault. This is all, you know, I don't blame just solidly Taker as to what's going on here. This is all the back, it, it, you know, all these people yeah, making these decisions, it, and this was not a good decision in any way. No, right. well, it, it, you can say that, but it, the fact of the matter, I mean, I understand that it doesn't mean anything, I, and I get that. But for guys like me who have been an Undertaker fan for years, it, it meant a lot that they let him go out on a high note. Um, while, you know, this is not a good match. Why should he go out on a high note? When you go out, you do the honors. Because honor. he gave a. Okay, there, No, I could. You know, no matter what I say, y'all are going to disagree now, with it. So I'm done. I agree with you, Ronnie, that he should have went out on a high note. This okay. was not a high yes. note. But if you're gonna, and then if you're gonna go out on a high note, you don't do a fucking squash over the greatest fucking guy you ever had, and bury him. You, you know, you let him go out. You were obviously way lives. more angry about this than I've ever been in, in my Taylor life. Sucks. He's let the me, fucking worst. Let me tell you a couple <laughs> of things. One, I had even when they going going back a few months when they when they floated the idea of John Cena versus the Undertaker at WrestleMania, I was like, well, at least it's something different for John Cena. And had they actually built to a real match, I might have been interested. When the story was. Will the Undertaker even show up to WrestleMania? I stopped caring. And then they did the bit with John Cena in the audience. And it's like, I know where this is going. And unless they do a swerve, bro, where it's not the Undertaker who comes out, it's fucking Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe fucking throws John Cena through a table, I'm not going to be... There was no way they was just going to capture my interest. However, I also know that I'm not in the majority. I'm That's a minority opinion. That there are people in the audience who see John Cena do anything, no matter how... St- he could have jerked off on a camera. People would be like, Yahoo! John Cena! <laughs> Same thing goes for The Undertaker. The Undertaker shows up, drops his pants in the ring, shows everyone his dick. Everyone's like, yes! Undertaker! That's what we came here for. Undertaker penis. All right? That's... that's hey, I got that- an deal. Yeah, I got an deal. Um, so, I, I get... That's I'm the just- thing. Every year, WrestleMania does some sort of backstage sketch, you know, where Brother Love runs out and, you know, humps the leg of somebody and somebody else runs in and Ron Simmons yells, damn. You know, there's always some five-minute stupid sketch they do. This year, they said, what if we did the sketch in the ring? You know, that's what this was. This wasn't – that's why, to me, this, this made my ugly list as well. Because not be, not necessarily because the Undertaker won or or you know whatever because I didn't care if, if John Cena pinned him I wouldn't have I didn't really care that he won my point is they didn't do anything to make me care about that entire segment and th- their either of their cult of personalities wasn't enough for me to care for some people for for a lot of people probably it was obviously for Ronnie it is for for Jesse it is for myself and Pat not really. Um, so, so my my last word on this, just, my, my last word on this before we move I'm, I'm on. I'm sorry, I don't. Mean, yeah, go ahead. Is <laughs> Ronnie's pissed? He's fired up. <laughs> like if they had, you know, I'm just sitting here with a hot garbage tar- tire fire that was Brock versus Roman on the screen right now, and people are mad over Undertaker and John Cena because it was this garbage, was dude. Trash. 
it was dude, that, what, garbage. Then you watch the main event. You watch uh, the main event that, where some that was a real match. Shaven Edge in the middle of the ring with a no talent hack like Roman Reigns, and you draw oh, a little blood, oh, and everybody gets crazy. You're telling me you're trying to talk about the Undertaker to me, and it's saying Roman's got no talent. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, Ron, how Ronnie, about Jimmy, that? Stop, stop. How about we put Roman in the top hat and a trench coat, tell him not to sell nothing, and choke everybody? God damn. All right, take it. They pretty much did. Like, I mean, like right now he's hanging off of he's hanging off of Vince's nuts you Ronnie, know, by, can, by Ronnie, the last can you take a Xanax by the last ball a here? Can you Ronnie take a Xanax? Take take a breath. <laughs> Start with a breath, <laughs> work your way towards Xanax. Michael Hayes, back to your corner, please. Go go fucking sing and dance for a moment in your in your rebel flag robe. Look, I, I'm not going to compare the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match to the sketch that was the Undertaker John Cena bit, okay? Because that that's that's my that's to me the difference. You want to talk about you don't like Brock Lesnar, you don't like Roman Reigns, and you didn't like their match. That's a whole other discussion with a different set of issues. To me, this was they 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 tried to tell this ridiculous story, and instead they 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 took away Charlotte's moment. They gave John Cena nothing. They gave the Undertaker nothing, and it was just a silly sketch in the middle of the ring that took. I mean, it was two. They're saying it's two minutes and forty five seconds. That's my. That's not even counting the time with Elias and everything else. I just I just this oh, was yeah. just a waste of time. That's my biggest issue with it is that John Cena goes from being like the main event and like even last year when he was in, you know, when he was in an attraction match where at the end of it he got to propose to his girlfriend. At least that was a moment. That was a, you know, that was a fun thing for all the chicks in Orlando. This year and he goes from like that to doing a sketch with the Undertaker. And why? Because everyone in the back and everyone in the office still think, you know, still is like, "Oh, you know, we got it's the WrestleMania. We're gonna drag this fucker out every year till he's dead, because people expect the Undertaker to be at WrestleMania. And it's just like, come on, at some point, turn the page, evolve, move this on, you know. And so it's like, if you're going to me, this was if you're gonna do a match with the Undertaker, do a match, build it up. Exactly. exactly. Don't give me hot garbage in the middle of the ring and expect me to you know to react the same way. Because to me, I thought, and this might be, you know, sort of a ridiculous take in some people's minds, but to me, I think it takes away from the actual matches on the card where people were trying. You know, you know, like I said, The Undertaker just busts out his hits and John Cena sells for him like he's fucking Deshaun Michaels, you know, just bumping all over the place. I just, whatever, you know. You might not like Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, and you might think Roman Reigns can't work, and I wouldn't disagree with you, but... At least that was a match, and at least they tried, sort of. It's the exact same match that I've seen them do a million times. Ah, but the key word is match. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not. I'm not getting all excited for the for the Undertaker John Cena Saturday Night Live sketch that they did. <laughs> Welcome to Saturday Night. Uh, uh, this was. This was. Uh, I wanted to give Pat his good, bad, and ugly. So, Pat, anything more on this? No, I think we've said enough. Yeah, oh boy, that, that entire conversation took longer than the actual bit did. Um, <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> all right, so my good, bad, and the ugly. Um, as far as work rate goes, my two favorite matches of the night were Charlotte, Oscar, and and the Seth Rollins Miz Finn Balor match. 
Um, as, as, like I said, the both matches, I thought the work was phenomenal, and they were probably the highlights of the card. As far as like attractions and you know most fun watching, uh, Ronda Rousey, Kurt, Stephanie, Triple H, and actually the the Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Dude, I love Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn yelling at people. Look what you made me do! Like fucking domestic violence yeah. uh, <laughs> husbands. <laughs> they're they're they are perfect heels together. I mean, I just it's it's amazing to see what they're they're doing with you know with one another. And I'm just glad that they're using Sami Zayn to for something, mm-hmm. something. I don't, you know, it's 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 he's just too talented for them to waste. Wasn't it not too long ago that those guys were like on the outs and like people were thinking that they were going to be done or? Yeah, I think something, something happened overseas or whatever. Okay. Um, well, I'm my, glad uh, I'm glad they're still around because I, I enjoy them. My bad was the fatal four way. It just wasn't a good match. It was way short. It was only eight minutes and fifteen seconds. I don't really care that. Um, God, who even won the... Oh, Jinder Mahal. I don't really care that Jinder yeah. Mahal won the title. I like Jinder. You know, I think he I think he makes for a fun heel. Um, I liked when he was the, when he was SmackDown champion. I thought, you know, well, this is at least fun and interesting and different. Um, I would have preferred if Bobby Roode had won, you know, or Rusev. And I would have preferred if Randy Orton was hit by a truck. But none of those things happened. <laughs> <laughs> you say... I'm glad you feel the same way about Orton that I do. Um, uh, I just thought it was a ter- I just thought it was a terribly worked match. Um, I thought it was the worst worst worked match because I mean, like some of the other ones, like like the tag team match was inoffensive. It was five minutes, almost six minutes long. Um, the Nia Jax Alexa Bliss, both of them, it worked. I mean, I don't think they didn't work well. You know, it was fine for what it was. You know, AJ Styles, Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura was fine. You know, was it a four-star classic? Meh. I don't know. It didn't leave an impressionable memory for me, but it wasn't the worst thing ever. Um, the ugly, yeah, I'm going to, I agree with you guys. The stupidest thing I, no, the equally stupid was John Cena Undertaker, but we have now spent 12 oh hours God, on that. <laughs> um, but I would say equally stupid was the Nicholas thing, but I, I just, I'm not as passionately against it as, as the rest of you guys. So, um, all in all, this was not the worst WrestleMania I've seen. I was, I'm, I'm glad Daniel Bryan's back. I cry. I ugly cried when he won the title at WrestleMania 30. I'm glad he's back uh, and able to wrestle again. The one disappointment is there were none of the entrances were as hilarious as any of Triple H's entrances have been for the last three years. Um, right. <laughs> Um, as a, actually, not, not, not last year was just was just him riding the motorcycle, um, and Seth Rollins coming out with the torch. So let so the three years prior to that one, you know, where he showed up um, at WrestleMania 30 in the crown and everything, and all the NXT chicks were dressed up. That one was hilarious. The Terminator one's still my favorite. Oh yes, the Terminator. Oh, that was so bad. The Terminator entrance was so funny. Um, and, and to me, still the best entrance ever is Rusev's. Like, that year just had a bunch of, like, really great entrances. On, on the tank. Rusev yeah, on the, the tank. tank. Yeah, yep. it's, yeah. No, nothing has beaten Rusev on the tank yet. Um, and nothing this year did. Like, I, like somebody somebody wrote that Seth Rollins did a Game of Thrones entrance. I had to be told that because I had no idea. And I watched Game yeah, of Thrones. Was, I he thought was, that was Game of Thrones. He was a White Walker. Um, yeah. 
you know, the New Day had had some fun entrances. This year was, you know, oh. this year <laughs> I forgot was all about yeah. the pancake midget short <laughs> stacks. Not only, not only I, were they pancake seriously, midgets, we're, they were retard pancake midgets. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Apparently, I resemble one of them. Aww. That was my highlight of the night. When I, I get a, think, I don't think you're downsy, Jesse. <laughs> I appreciate that, Pat. I do. Um, my biggest my disappointment thing, of the night, is, though, is you're missing out. My biggest... I think they're missing out a big opportunity by calling them not calling them short stacks. Short stacks. I love Terrific. it. I my love biggest. It. I have been waiting for Finn Balor to be in a match at WrestleMania so I could see him do the demon in a in a in a stadium, and I got robbed oh, of that. So they, huh? Oh, he had a demon going, all right. Oh, stop it. Um, and instead, <laughs> he... And, and this is what I wanted to say before. They they turned... It's probably going to be my last point, and then we're going to work towards ending the show here. But they've turned Finn Balor from something special with the demon character into just another guy. Like, if I had no well, idea... He's not just another guy. Who <laughs> he bangs I, I, in his private mm. time is his business. Nothing I I'm going to judge him for. I saw a meme on Facebook where it it just had this stick figure and it said Finn Balor over it, and then on the other side it had uh, something that said Demon King, and he was reaching out towards that, and then in the next panel it had this big cuddly thing coming up behind him and grabbing him, and he's turning and looking back, and it says Rainbows. I was like, <laughs> okay, so I I I, I missed the entrance, so apparently yeah, think- he. I think the Balor Club is located down the block from the Blue Oyster Club. Oh, no! <laughs> he had, a, he had a, an LGBTQT XYZ club going, uh, come in with him. Like, yeah. like, seriously, okay. he had, I see uh, now. Had, I didn't see the entrance. I didn't all, know what it meant. Yeah, they were all in his, his shirt with his symbol, and it, the symbol is uh, Rainbow. Uh, has the rainbow in it and everything. There's, that's why his tights were been, like that. Would that have been more appropriate for the WrestleMania in Orlando? Womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> he went there. It's a, it's a living. <laughs> Don't go there, Pat. You live there. Uh, all right. Hot uh, takes. Hot takes. <laughs> Serving up hot takes and hot cakes, baby. Jesse, facts. I'm telling you, Jesse. Fifty words or less on WrestleMania. The you know, whatever, anything left unsaid. Go. Sure. Uh, when it comes to the, this is WrestleMania 34, and I would probably say for myself, it goes in the bottom ten somewhere. I'd say. Are you fucking kidding me? Bottom ten. Dude, I could rattle off ten right now that were that were far worse than this one. Okay. I don't know that I could. Eleven, right. nine. Uh, let's see. Um, two. Eh, t- eh, two ziffy. Um, there Four. were definitely some in the senior years that were so. God, the one in Phoenix. Ugh. Oh, that was yeah, that was rough. So you're you're saying that there there are far worse WrestleManias in the bottom ten, in your bottom ten than mine. So what Correct. do you think of that? All right. Well, <laughs> I don't remember the Phoenix one. Uh, uh, I'll, and, pull, I'll pull it up for you while he's talking. I, uh, you know, just wasn't impressed. I was very upset about the length of this WrestleMania. I'm an old man. We've <laughs> talked about the demographic. We were just talking about the demographic on our ringside show on source material, and 
we realize that it's made for kids, and now I understand that Hang these on. young whippersnappers. WrestleMania 32 in Dallas was a hundred times worse than this one. Oh, God, I was there live for that. Ugh. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at the Phoenix show. The Phoenix show definitely had some ugly, but it also had things that were very good. So I can't say that Phoenix was anywhere near as bad as this. And Shawn Michaels Taker, whoop de doo. John Cena. Shawn Michaels Taker, whoop de doo. Sean Sean married Dead Man to another classic. Um, I feel like the one the last New York show that was uh, that was was John John Cena Rock too. Right. Um, Triple H defeated Brock Lesnar. Um, That was good. The Undertaker defeated CM Punk in a bullshit match. Uh, They both suck. Yeah, Alberto Del Rigo, Jack Swagger, yuck. Oh, Fandango, Fandango beat Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. My point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like the only the only match on this one that I even gave a shit about that year was the Shield versus Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus. That was good. Yeah. Go ahead, Jesse. Well, keep, oh, that's all right. Keep going uh, while I cut you off and tell you how many other WrestleManias <laughs> I hated. Please, please, make a list. Uh, that's... Uh, it looks like I'm not interested in watching Raw, which I thought this would hopefully spark a renaissance for me. I used to watch wrestling every Monday for, for the longest time, and I'm waiting for that one time Hang on one where time. I want to get back in. Yes. The, the, the Raw. You the, jerk. The, the, Wrestle, the, <laughs> WrestleMania, <laughs> the WrestleMania in Georgia was so bad they had to bring The Rock out to fucking save it um, oh. for the next two years, by the way. This was was yeah, that this where was, Miz retained the championship? Yes. What a moment in time! <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was the one with Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler. What a moment! Oh wow, uh, that was bad. Michael Cole, who is now undefeated at WrestleMania, riding the high point of his career when he was the most entertaining commentator ever, just calling people out for being terrible, ringing a big gong on NXT. God bless you, Michael Cole, for those years. Yeah, this again, this was the WrestleMania that was so bad. They rehired fucking Brock Lesnar. They brought in The Rock. They were like, yeah, we can't do WrestleManias without, you know, part-time people anymore, or no one will watch. This is terrible. Oh my gosh, this was a good show. Ugh. Uh, yeah, this, well, is the, this is the one where Edge defeats Alberto Del Rio and retires the next night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sheamus beats Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds, which is great. I'm just not as enamored with wrestling as I used to be and I really do feel that you know if the WWE wants to bring me back as a fan okay it's characters please something you know I I don't know let's let's take up the average age of a tag team champion a little bit I guess we'll we'll do that (laughs) while we're at it just have skinny guys with swimmers physiques who can put on five star matches but don't have a personality that you can readily identify. I am hoping that I have the opportunity to watch some more pay-per-views this year uh, as uh, uh, it, it may happen. Maybe I'll get back into it, but WrestleMania 34 just, I, I, there were some bright spots, but unfortunately it didn't capture my imagination. It did make me dream a little dream as I almost fell asleep a couple times. But, oh, you didn't swap bodies with an older neighbor because of some magic sunglasses? I don't, <laughs> don't, I don't understand the reference. Please That's help a me. Cut. <laughs> a deep cut. You dream a little dream. 
WrestleMania 25, Triple H defeats Randy Orton in a match that's so boring I'm still asleep because of it. John Cena defeats Big Show and Edge in a match no one gave a shit about. The Undertaker defeated Shawn Michaels for the first time. It was the only highlight on this thing. Rey Mysterio defeated Speaking Bradshaw. Speaking of gimmicks that need to stop. Ronnie Adams! <laughs> 50 words or less, please! Oh, look who taking, who's taking over hosting duties. Oh, well, you go, you're go. you busy with your fucking list. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Dream a little dream. Show along. It's a 1989 <laughs> film starring yeah, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Meredith Salinger, Jason Robards. was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, not far from Ronnie, released in yep. 1,019 theaters. It accumulated $5.5 million in theaters. This was the third film featuring the two Corys. The two Corys! The That's film right. sequel, Dream a Little Dream 2, was released in 1995. The other, What are the other two? There's three films with the two Corys, right? No, there's, That's what they oh, no, there's a lot of films with the two Corys. The third one, after License to Drive. License to Drive, Boys. baby! That's right. And Lost Boys, this was the third. Okay, gotcha. Alright, Ronnie was doing his 50 words or less. Go ahead, Ronnie. I... Overall, it was an entertaining show for me. Uh, I'm a I'm a taker, Mark, so I enjoyed it. You fight me. Um, <laughs> you enjoyed two minutes and forty five seconds of the pay per view. Then, congratulations. Yeah, out of seven sure. hours. Ten minutes for his entrance. Um, it's out of seven fucking hours. <laughs> I'm fucking done. Suck it, all three of you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I like the Charlotte and Oscar match was. I really loved it. Um, I. You know, I, I didn't enjoy the fact that they, you know, they did step on her uh, for Cena uh, in Undertaker. You know, as much as I'm an Undertaker, Mark, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that. But uh, um, the the one match I feel I should have enjoyed more was the was the the Intercontinental match, which it was it was a great match. I'm just not. This is personal. Um, this is not. You know, and I think he can carry a title. I'm just not a Seth Rollins fan. I would much rather have seen Miz retain it or. Um, they actually do something with Finn, Finn Balor um, that, uh, you know, give him a, a dag on title or something. Um, so I am uh, I feel like, you know, that's something I, I, I should just go back and watch just to enjoy the match and not have a bias against uh, Seth Rollins in it. Um, the, uh, the main event was garbage in my opinion. Um, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the AJ and Nakamura match. Uh, I was always wondering either one of them. Can I ask uh, a question? No matter who with. Can I ask yeah. you a, a serious question? Why are you racist against Brock Lesnar? Yeah. I'm, you can't be, <laughs> it's not racism, <laughs> Mark. I think you don't know the definition of that <laughs> word. He throws and it around. We're have to, he certainly we're have to does. Talk a little bit. He okay. uses it enough to understand. Why do you hate the race? No, why do you hate the race of Brock Lesnar? I, Brock is is not his own race, sir. Um, I just don't. Alpha male gorilla is not a race. Yeah, I just don't. I think he's run his course, and I think he needs to go away. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, go back to UFC. Go do leg day something. I don't care. Um, I, I just do I leg don't. Day. I don't enjoy him. I, I, I haven't for a long time. Um, I think that. Uh, he he is. I just I don't know. He's just one of those guys that rubs me the wrong way. Well, I think he's, well, uh, he's let me, a jerk. Let me say I don't this think to you, he Ronnie. enjoys wrestling business. I don't think he, he respects the wrestling business. I'm let, sorry. Let me say this to you. 
um, when he leaves because of you, because you said what you've just said, because when you sent him away, when he goes back to the UFC and gets killed by fucking John Jones. Oh wait, never mind. I can't even do that joke anymore because John Jones is a constant fuck up. Um, I don't know. Does yeah, the joke, Pat? Pat, does the joke still work if I say if he fight, you know, he'll get killed when he fights uh, Dan Cormier? No. What you could say is that if you are looking for a gentleman to rub you the right way. You should ask an Uber driver for directions to the Balor Club. <laughs> <laughs> he went a totally different he, route. Thanks, buddy. That's safe. <laughs> All right. Fin- I All right, think fin- uh, I finish think up your joke, ten minutes of hate. Working when you. I think the joke stopped. Joke stopped working when you said, "Hey, Pat, does the joke still work?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, finish up your ten minutes of racial hatred of Brock Lesnar. Go. Gosh, you are—you are something else. Heard. Um, I, as far I think he's done. I think he needs to be done. I don't think Roman Reigns. Um, I, I, I think he needs to go back to development. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Uh, I'm not a—I'm not a Roman Reigns fan in the least. Um, but other than that, I enjoyed—you know—most of the show. You know, uh, the uh, the whole kid. How the audience was was just ridiculous, but. Uh, I still, I still, you know, got a kick out of the bar or their entrance, you know, throwing beads into the crowd and stuff. Thought, thought that was great. Um, the other tag match was, I'm not, I'm not a Nusos fan, but I thought it was, thought it was fun. It's good to see. I mean, we didn't even talk about um, uh, the uh, the Wyatt family, who's not the Wyatt family anymore. Um, the they have some ridiculous. Yeah, they the the gimmick is ridiculous, but they look good together. And Luke Harper. Looks like a million bucks now. Yeah, he does. So he's dropped a lot of weight. He has he has trimmed up. He's put some a lot of muscle on, and I mean, it, it really shows that he's he's put some work in. I mean, he's a good worker anyway. Um, I mean, I always thought he was, but now that he looks the part, I think I, I hope they I hope they go the distance with him, man. And I don't think the crowd was into the into the match at all. And I, I think that is a crying shame. All right, uh, Pat- I'm done. Thank you. you Pat, you're 50- I'm done talking. <laughs> I'm done talking. <laughs> Pat, your 50 words or less, um, and you can choose any character you want to deliver your last 50 words on the show. Anything left unsaid? Any, any other? Anything you want to add to the show? Maybe this show was a show where there was peaks, and there was level ground, and then there was valleys, and it reached the valley, the very depth of the valley in your soul, baby. But the level ground was as high as we were going to go on this one, if you will. Got to the pay window. But, babies, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. You understand what I'm saying to you, baby? Because I'm the American dream and I'm a super genius. <laughs> the most... That made about as much sense as a Dusty promo. Hey, he's the second most recognizable athlete in America. Don't you Second don't you... most recognizable athlete in the world, baby. That's right. Listen. That's right. I think Dusty is like one of my all-time favorites, so I'm not taking anything away from Dusty. I, I miss the dream. All right, uh, so that's it. That's our coverage of the WrestleMania weekend. The next night on Raw, Bobby Lashley came back. Ember Moon made her debut. No Way Jose um, made his debut. The Revival, I think, are back now and are um, working their way towards a title match, possibly, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, were there uh, any... 
were there any other returns on Raw, Pat, to your recollection? Or debuts? Uh, no, only Paige's retirement from in-ring competition. However, she is still very active for out-of-the-ring competition. Yes, and spoilers, uh, Carmella, Carmella cashed in uh, the money in the bank and um, won the title on SmackDown from what I saw in my alerts. So there's that. That is correct. Um, yes. You know, the, the Paige commercial during WrestleMania almost had me frightened. A little just, awkward, wasn't it? It was very, because it was like, is she live or is this actually edited? I didn't know what the hell was going on because it was like there on her face for like four full seconds before she starts talking. I'm like, <laughs> she always also. What the hell? She also always has that voice of, I've been out smoking and drinking for three days. <laughs> but it was like another level on that one when you heard her voice. Creepy. I didn't think it was her. I honestly didn't. I thought it was somebody else trying to do an imitation. I was like, oh, well, boy, they got rid of her and put somebody. It's a, it's a midget bread all over again. So um, I'll be curious to see where, where we go in the next year with uh, with wrestling. You know, I, I don't because I record on Monday nights. So I don't watch Raw like I used to, but I always tune in for the big shows. And so the next one will be the one in Saudi Arabia. So uh, that's it. Let's do plugs. Uh, Pat, go ahead and plug your stuff. Well, allegedly, Gavin Napier wants to record uh, a new version of the Casual Heroes. Don't I've been hearing this for a while. believe it. And, and that's my point. Swerve, bro. I'm, I'm all on board if we can do it. However, swerve, bro. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that he is not serious about it. I have no doubt in my mind he's just saying this because he just wants an outlet of some kind and to get my hopes up and just have them dashed. So if, if everybody listening would just blow him up on social media and say, bro, when you bringing back the show, bro, we want to get you back to the place that you were. We want to tear you down so we can build you up to what you're supposed to be. That was my goal for Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, bro. <laughs> they had been misused for so long that you had to tear them down to make them to be the people they were again. <laughs> and I promise to all the casual hero fans, I'm not coming back. Pat's going <laughs> to permanently replace me. So I know all of you fans in West Virginia, the casual heroes will love that. Go fuck yourself. bro. Swerve, <laughs> bro. <laughs> It'd be awesome if it was a swerve and you showed up on yes, that first Yes, yes, very first episode. I'm never going anywhere. Come on, Jed, make fun of my kids. Let's do it. Um, speaking of make fun of my That's kids, like Ronnie Adams, do your plugs. I've never made fun. Yeah, I have. Um, sorry. Yeah. At least you never heard stories about his dog. Fuck you, Pat. Go ahead, Pat. Go ahead, uh, Ronnie. Whoever you are. Um. Screaming Boy Podcast is my show. Um, we'll have some new episodes out very, very soon. I promise. Swerve, bro. Shut up, Mark. Swerve, bro. <laughs> Swerve. I'm just recording and not putting them up anymore. The thing about it is we just talked for two hours. I didn't even record it. <laughs> Suck it. I'm out. Swerve, bro. <laughs> um, now i got to start a wrestling just, podcast is- and just call it Swerve, bro. <laughs> Please do. I'll, I'll be if honest. If you do that, I'll start called Extra Cheese, motherfucker. 
<laughs> uh, just went to the Twin City Comic Con. Uh, good show. It was a one-day small con. Not a lot of cosplay or anything like that, but a lot of good vendors. Um, uh, next one coming up is uh, Raleigh Supercon, uh, which is one the big one, the three-day con uh, that all the wrestlers, stars, and uh, creators are going to be at. Uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. I've, I've got plans. I really want to meet Mick Foley. Um, and then, of course, you've got guys like uh, Batista is going to be there. Uh, but he's not really there as Batista. He's there as Dave Batista, uh, star of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, oh, I believe Hacksaw Jim Duggan is there. In Raleigh Supercon? I think he I think is. So. on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but I know um, Trish Stratus, uh, DDP... Um, like I said, Mick Foley, um, Sergeant Slaughter, a few, you know, uh, Christian uh, or Christian Cage, uh, whatever he's going by at, at the con. I don't know what he's going by, um, but uh, they're all going to be there. So that's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Raleigh Supercon is one of the biggest show, one of, if not the biggest show, in uh, the North Carolina area um, or North Carolina, South Carolina area, to my knowledge. Uh, so it's. Uh, it's you know expect a lot of pictures from that uh, and an update from that. Uh, we've got some uh, show ideas coming up, so uh, uh, just stay in t- stay in tune and or tuned in, and we'll uh, we'll have everything out. Uh, any kind of social media, we're on it. Facebook, uh, just search Screen Boy Podcast. Twitter is at Screen Boy PR, and Instagram where you'll find all the calm pictures. And the Instagram. Um, is- uh, <laughs> it's, it's at Swerve Bro. It's at Swerve Bro. No, it's Screen Boy Podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah. We're gonna have a, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. So that's it. All right. Uh, before I go over to Jesse, let me quick do what's going on in the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network tomorrow night in the Metal Hammer of Doom. Is Camelot? I have to use the Pramelot. Um, uh, Camelot, the shadow. <laughs> that reference will be explained on that show because I've heard it five times so far. I have no idea Monty what Python. the fuck it means. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a Monty Python. Well, you know what? That is coming to Netflix soon. I might actually be able to watch some of that you, and understand what need, the hell you guys are saying. You need to sit down and watch uh, uh, the Holy Grail, and you need to watch Mel Brooks's History of the World Part One, or you're never going to understand a fucking word I say. <laughs> Um, how can we be friends? That's how that's how Mark and I have have bonded. I understand his references. Uh, so yeah, the Camelot. Uh, it's only a model. Uh, the Shadow Theory. We'll be reviewing that on the Metal Hammer of Doom uh, Monday, as Jesse mentioned before. We did Ringside Volume One, Cade Fabe, uh, issues one through five. Next week, uh, it's all monsters all the time. We've got Monsters Unleashed on source material. We've got a Damn You Hollywood for the Rock's new movie, Rampage, based on the great video game. Metal Hammer of Doom will be looking at the band Visions of Atlantis. Uh, the following week, we'll have a pair of TV parties, one for uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which, Jesse, you haven't seen the finale yet. Who doggy are you in for a treat? Um, it's, it's, it's when they... You'll, you'll see it. It's fantastic. Um, we'll also be looking at the Netflix series Lost in Space. Um, I will not be on the Metal Hammer of Doom. It's going to be Robert Cooper's pick. It's going to be all black metal all the time, I'm sure. And Jesse Starcher will just have to deal with it. Uh, I will ins- by I will the way, ins- guys, I'm, I'm just going to suggest the news brief just came to me. IDW, the comic printing company, 
will be printing a limited edition 60-page graphic novel written by, can you guess who? Jim Cornette. Yes. Please. Oh, please, no. It's called <laughs> Jim Cornette Presents Behind the Curtain Real Pro Wrestling Stories. Oh, now is this legit? Yes, he's been advertising. Oh wow, it. no kidding! Yeah, they also did one for Andre the Giant. Yeah, but uh, Andre's dead, so whatever. <laughs> you can watch the movie. You can watch the movie tonight on HBO. That way, I saved you some no, time. No, you can't. All right, it's um, over now. April twenty sixth. Um, now, Jesse Starcher already covered this once, but uh, I wasn't on it, so who gives a shit? We're gonna re-record. <laughs> A, a new uh, look back at the Infinity Gauntlet limited series for, by Jim Starlin from back in the Elizabeth. Uh, um, I was on that show. Uh huh. Yes, you were. You were, and you'll be on it again, so, Ronnie Adams. We. I don't want to go through that again. You're doing it. <laughs> it was so long. Well, this one. Well, I'll be on it, so it'll be. Fine. Well, it ain't um, no long Halloween. <laughs> oh, oh well, that's true. Anyway, wait a so, minute. Which one was the one I drove in to West Virginia and immediately jumped on a podcast with you? <laughs> the hell if I remember, man. Been in quite a few actually, if I remember right. It might have been that yeah, that's one. True. It's so either that, that. I think, I it, think it, was it was that one. one. Okay, so we'll, we'll figure this out. That Infinity Gauntlet show will be up on uh, April twenty sixth. Jesse, mark it on your calendar. Because that's the night that the Infinity War movie will be coming out. And then uh, we will be celebrating the release of the Infinity War with Thanos rising on source material, the limited series, our Damn You Hollywood of the Infinity War, and then on the Metal Hammer of Doom, Godsmack, uh, When Legends Collide, I think it's the name of the album. So that's everything that's fit to print in April. Jesse Starcher, take me home, baby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go give that Rattelich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. All sorts of great content on there, such as the MMA coverage that Robert Winfrey brings to us there every, usually just about every week. Uh, we have comic books with my show source material. We have, uh, we every once in a while, we'll squeak in something in regards to wrestling, such as this here podcast. And uh, Metal Hammer of Doom, that, that's on there as well. So there's going to be something on there that tickles your fancy, maybe tickles that bag that Mark Radlich is always referring to. Uh, so give it, a, give it a like, stay up on top of everything we have out there. I'm ready to get out of here. I think I still need to catch up on sleep from Sunday night. So let's, let's, let's rock and roll. All right, for the punchy pugilist and a man of a thousand impressions, Pat Mullen, for the harumphy humph, the man who hates the race of Brock uh. Lesnar's, Ronnie Adams. <laughs> And the missing source material, uh, Screaming Boy podcast for <laughs> for the man that makes the track, for the man that makes the trains run on time here at the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, Mister Jesse Starcher. I am the jerk, your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mister Mark Rattledge. And this has been TV Party tonight. Be well, be safe, and behave. Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the...
Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.